0: G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au.
1: T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005.
0: It's Tyre Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Tyre Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit tyrepower.com.au now. Yes, after what feels like a long offseason, the NBA is back. The Golden State Warriors and Boston Celtics both looked impressive on opening day, indicating that a finals rematch may be on the cards. Of course, there's 81 more games left in the season, and the majority of the teams in the league haven't even touched the hardcore yet. That will change today with a stack of NBA action to look forward to to throughout the afternoon to help us make sense of the wild NBA landscape for another year is Sportsnet reporter and massive Raptors guy, Michael Grange, from
1: up in good old Canada. G'day, Michael. Thank you so much for joining us, mate. Thank you so much for having me on. This is a real uh, real honour. Thank you.
0: Yeah, we appreciate you coming on the airways down under, mate. Uh, It's all happening. Day one, tipped off. Pretty surprised with uh, the end results, or just two of the favorite teams resuming as they left off last year.
1: Yeah, I guess I would say not too much of a surprise. I mean, the Warriors showed that they are still the class of the NBA, and and that their kind of experiment, um, and combined with a bit of luck, where they you know they had a couple of years into the lottery, and they ended up yielding some really good young players and then their your their veterans have kind of hung on for the most part. And so as a result, they have the deepest team in the NBA, I would argue. Maybe mm-hmm. there's a couple of other teams that, that would compare, but, you know, you look at uh, what they're able to roll out on the floor in support of uh, Steph Curry and and, uh, you know, the rest. And, and, and I think that there's a lot of reason for optimism there. So, and then the Lakers are, you know, they are what they are, right? Like they have two superb players um, and then a bunch of question marks. And, and I think that's going to be the real story for them all season is can Anthony Davis, who looked pretty good early on last night and sort of lost the plot as the game went along. You know, can he be <laughs> an MVP level player for 70, 75 games? And his track record says No. But if you can do it, then that changes the mass for the Lakers. Um, they shot, what, 10-40 from three. You got LeBron already kind of lamenting the lack of three-point shooting on the roster. So I'm sure Rob Belenka heard that, the GM. Um, and so the soap pop continues. And then in the east, you know, Boston looking like they didn't miss a beat with uh, the departure of Imei Udoka. And Jason Tatum looking like he's trying to make an early case for MVP, which is, you know, sort of where he needs to get to next when you look at how good he is already in his career. So, um, you know, and then the question will be, can the Sixers find a nice balance and harmony with, you know, Harden and Embiid and the rest of their talent on the roster? And and is is Doc Rivers really up to the challenge of that?
0: Hey, Michael, just on the um, Boston, Joe Mazzulla got his head coaching tenure off to a a pretty strong start. What do you know about his coaching style compared to dokas
1: He's a very uh connected player coach. I don't think he's he's out there to to you know, this this the Celtics really created their own identity the second half of last year, and that's why they you know they got on that role that took them out of the finals. So I don't think, you know, Joe Mazzolo's in his early thirties and uh, you know, his last his only head coaching experience was at Division II. I don't think he's coming in and reinventing the wheel. I think what he has to leverage is a really strong relationship with the key players on that team. He has the trust and respect of Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. And so, you know, I think that they're just going to continue what they started last year. And I don't imagine he's going to be in a position to fiddle too much with what was, you know, for a long stretch of the season, uh, you know, a record record caliber defense in terms of their overall efficiency so you know i think he's uh the challenges will be for him as an inexperienced head coach is you know he's given instructions to Al horford and and guys who are you know three four years older than him and have way more experience and if they hit a rough patch will he be able to navigate that but i mean i think uh he's got a really good team to work with and and the early indications are guys are buying in
0: well, speaking of relationships, there was a little uh, vision throughout that match where uh, Jordan Poole does a fantastic little assist under the hoop to Draymond Green. So all eyes would have been on that little partnership. So what, how how do, how do how do you think that clicked, and were you surprised with
1: um, you know how well it forged? No, I wasn't. I mean, I think you know, I think if there wasn't an assurance from both sides, and I guess especially from Jordan Poole, that they were going to be able to hit the floor and work as, you know, professionals should work, then we might've seen a different outcome, maybe a longer, maybe a suspension versus a longer suspension. And, and so I think when you're seeing little moments like that, it's, it's kind of reassuring that they are heading in the right direction. I think Mm. in a really weird and twisted way, I think what happened between green and pool and i'll really say you know happened with green i mean he was you know obviously the the only guy who had anything to answer for i think it helps the warriors i think it puts green on best behavior i think he's you know clearly on notice he's a guy who's um you know coming towards his back half of his career the certain last strokes of his contract and uh he can't afford to not be as amenable as, as a team, as he can possibly be and and, and and all of that. Because, as we said, the Warriors are a really deep team. They're a young team, surprisingly. And, uh, you know, if Draymond Green wants to extend his stay in Golden State or uh, create value for himself around the league, he's going to have to, you know, he can't afford to be alienating anyone on the team.
0: Hey Mike, one of the big problems. further, I should say. <laughs> hey Mike, one of the big problems that we got down here is the the the, the umpiring in the bunkers. Yesterday in the Boston's the Sixes game, I saw the the uh, the officiated uh, officiators go to the sideline there and take a real long look at one of the incidences under the under the hoops. What do, what do you think of the officiating this year with that with that type of stoppage? Is there going to be some type of significant impact on the games because of that?
1: It's a great question. No one likes it. Uh, but the flip side is no one likes them blowing calls. So, um, you know, I think that they I think it's fine with the level of scrutiny that that uh, we're able to put onto a game with cameras and replays and all of that. Um, I'd be more fine if they just would sort of take some of those controversial calls out of the game officials hands. And by the time they get over to the, you know, to the to the replay official, to the replay booth that they're. You know, they can be said, "This is what we see. This is what we think. Is there any reason we're wrong?" And then just move along. And I, I think there's a bit of a charade going on where mm. the on the floor officials go over, inspect the replay, and and it kind of create this illusion that they have control of what's going on. If you you know, if you knew what happened, you wouldn't ask for the replay. So so just just trust the people who have all the angles to give the answer and keep keep things moving.
0: Mm, interesting, interesting. Hey, what about what about the Brooklyn Nets? Brooklyn Nets mate what are our expectations <laughs> of the nets uh Sean Marks obviously pulled uh has yeah. out and did, whatever it, to get Sean Kevin Marks. Durant <laughs> yes mate he's a he's good old key down under that's right mate. so what are our expectations yeah, no, of the nets in can, in they, um, can they unlock them can Kyrie uh, Irving Kevin
1: Durant Look on paper, and that's the joke, right? Is is they they shouldn't be called the Brooklyn Nets; they should be called the On Paper Nets. Um, they have the ingredients of, I mean, it's it's a fact. It's because every comment you make is starts with that. They have the ingredients of a super competitive team. This is my take on Brooklyn. As long as they don't implode either through injury or Kyrie Irving's you know latest ex you know excursion into alternate reality. Um, you know and they can get into the top six in the east which on talent they absolutely should be there tell me the nba team that wants to play them in a seven game series in any round right if you've got kyrie irving locked in kevin durant locked in uh ben simmons playing at a level that you know we know he's capable of he just hasn't done it for a little while and then there you know people overlook the quality of their role the role players uh you know patty mills seth curry joe harris um you know so so i think if they can hit the postseason healthy, committed, and uh, on the same page, you know, I wouldn't put anything past them just because, you know, they have in, in Curry and, and KD particularly, guys who can win games, win series by themselves. They've done it and uh, enough support to, uh, to help them in that, in that path. So, uh, you know, short answer, they could be a 36-win team <laughs> and out of the play-in or they could win 59 and be first in the East. It's really that wide a range. Yeah, it's
0: going to be interesting to see how they come together and, and uh, get that chemistry going, mate. The Raptors, we know you're a Raptors fan. Have you got any confidence? Can Fred Van Fleet unlock Pascal Siakam to get their uh, form rolled in the competition? Where are you at with the, the Raptors, mate?
1: Well, I think there's a lot of uh, excitement around Toronto. Uh, you know, they finished the season last year on a, from January on. They were like uh, played like a 54-win team. Um, they were never really healthy last year and they, in the off season, they, bring, they brought every significant player back and added some interesting, uh, depth pieces to shore up some of their obvious weaknesses. So I think, um, you know, they get, they tend to get a little bit overlooked up here, you know, like the, the U S media, the U S the greater basketball media doesn't always look North first. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't think there's any reason why they can't be a team that would push for a top four seed in the East. Um, but they need things to go right, so they need. It's it's more like Pascal Siakam unlocking Fred VanVleet. Like they need him to be a top five, top ten player in the league. That's his goal. We'll see if he can pull it off. They need Scotty Barnes, who's just a fabulous rookie, um, to to take another nice step, and then they need some help from guys like OG Ananobi and and uh, some of their other pieces. But there's they d- they're pretty deep. They've got a lot of talent. They may be missing that one single superstar that people identify with. But uh, they're well coached and, and, you know, I wouldn't, I think they've, they've, uh, every year they played in Toronto now, missing the year that they had to go to Tampa because of the pandemic, they've exceeded the Vegas odds makers uh, predicted win totals. So it's never a good thing to sleep on the Raptors would be my advice.
0: Never sleep on the Raptors, mate. We appreciate you coming on the show just quickly before we let you go. We're only one game in, but MVP, early signs. Prediction, we'd love a pat on the show. <laughs> yeah, I um,
1: you know, I, I'm gonna I think my prediction is one of the obvious ones. Like I, I think Jason Tatum might be a dark horse. Um, I would also watch very carefully Zion Williamson in New Orleans. So if he can play seventy games, seventy five games, be healthy, um, I think New Orleans is poised to be a very good team, better than most expect. And, you know, he would have the story around it, right? So if he goes off and has a huge season, stays healthy, lifts his team, you know, he's, he's the kind of guy that could sneak into the race. But I think if I'm going to predict like my mortgage or something, I'll go with the honest and, and sleep. Well,
0: Oh, beautiful. Zion Williamson. Yeah. He's looking good. He had a big preseason. i Predicting Jar Morant, too, to have another solid season. He is great for the Grizzlies. Mate, we appreciate you coming on, Michael Grange, talking all things NBA Sportsnet reporter. Thank you so much for your time, mate, and good luck to Toronto
1: Raptors this season. Carson, thanks for having me on, guys. Anytime.
0: Beautiful, beautiful How's this is he Zion Williamson you, you want an each way ticket On Michael's picks there You want to go safe yeah. You want to put your mortgage On Giannis At $8.50 And then when you have A little each way flyer On Zion At 23 bucks. Whoa
1: 70, 70 well,
0: that's games that's a good one because mate, he's obviously he was I reckon he was carrying a little bit extra weight and he's still such a phenomenal athlete. But now he's looking really in good neck, good shape, and he'll be able to stay injury free. That's a good shout, love it. Yeah, uh, Jason Tatum, as he mentioned, eight dollars fifty there as well. Uh, Joel Embiid, seven dollars. Luka Doncic heads up the market at five fifty. Hoops are back, love it. Hear that ABC NBA.